1: Now, non-stop sports talk continues with news and analysis from the lead writer of 1045 thezonecom Not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. This is the Big Six. It's going to be you. With your host, Jason Martin. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal.
0: Welcome into the Big Six. It's just after 6 o'clock here in the Music City. I am Jason Martin, and I am blessed by God. And there's no way that I'm opening this first show without saying that right off the top. I said when I made this announcement earlier today on the Midday 180 and when I stepped in with the 3HL uh, in the last hour that I would not waste your time. That's the goal of this program. The lead story is LeBron James. There is nothing else that even comes close to LeBron James going to the Lakers and everything that has happened surrounding that, up to and including the fact that he's such a big star, ladies and gentlemen, that last night on Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN actually cut from a live baseball game to make the announcement that LeBron James was signing with the Los Angeles Lakers on a four-year, $154 million deal. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it a lot. I'm going to bring on Jason McIntyre of Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Radio and the big lead. He's out in Los Angeles. We're going to talk about it with him a little bit later on in this show. And I've got a lot to say about this and what it means in the NBA. And I've told you I'm not going to waste your time. But there's no way that I can do this and start this first show without telling this story one more time. If you read it at outkick.com a few weeks ago, you read the first part. Today, the second part went up at 104.5thezone.com as the initial post on the Big Six blog. How am I here? How was this dude born in 1978 in Martinsville, Virginia, moved to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, went to NC State for a few years, chased a dream in professional wrestling for almost a decade, wrote off and on decided to go back to Western Kentucky University in 2010 to finish my degree as an adult. How did I get here? How am I sitting here? How am I blessed to be here? That's the real answer, is I am blessed. I was given the opportunity to sit behind this microphone in various capacities over the past six years as I've been a part of this family to some extent. But when I was brought on board... In 2013, a few months before I graduated from WKU, I was brought on without a plan. People don't leave jobs here, folks. It just doesn't happen very often. It's a fun place to work. A lot of talented people here. A lot of people that listen to this station. 104.5 The Zone means something. So when you join a place like this, you're going to sit on the bench And I wasn't even at the front of the bench. There are so many people that you haven't heard as much from that are incredibly good at their jobs. And I just sat there. And for a long time, I said, I'm really talented. I deserve this. I'm really good. I deserve this. Why hasn't it become my time yet? Should I leave this industry altogether? And I did. I considered it. On numerous occasions, I thought to myself, you know, I should just get out of broadcasting there are people that are better at this than I am. Started, to, you know, you start to think down on yourself. At the same time, I had hosted Sports Trend on Saturdays with my two best friends. And the same thing on Sundays with Squared Circle Radio, which is a show that will absolutely continue, in case anyone was wondering. I had been given a chance to host a show on women's sports called This Week in Women's Sports, which was short lived but I think was appreciated to some extent. It was certainly appreciated by me because it was more reps behind a microphone. But I didn't know what the break would be, and I didn't know if I would eventually have to get out of this and do something else for a living. Because of my situation, I was able to wait. Because I wasn't deeply in debt, and because of the love and support of my parents, I had what I needed, and I was able to sit there and wait where so many other people wouldn't. Another blessing that enabled me to just kind of sit there and bide my time and then came 2016 in the summer and I had met Clay Travis in this building a few years before and against my better judgment because he's an intimidating guy I walked up to him and said hey you've got a website I know you like television I've seen you talking about Game of Thrones and Friday Night Lights I think I might be able to write about pop culture for you and he gave me a shot And it worked out, and I started writing for him. And then in 2016, in the summer, he calls me up out of the blue on a Sunday night, and he says, hey, Fox Sports Radio has made me an offer. I think it's time for me to get back into radio. What do you think about doing this with me? And my response was that. It was silence because I was so blown away because I had given up in many respects in my own head having this opportunity, that it just was not going to come And that just like in pro wrestling, in a lot of respects, I was chasing a dream. But somehow on Labor Day in 2016, I started on Fox Sports Radio as the executive producer of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. And over the next year and a half, I worked alongside Clay, dealt with his daily machinations, listened to him, learned from him, learned who I was through who he was and where we diverged in our opinions. Got a little bit more confident in what I could say and what I could offer. Clay told me from the very beginning that he wanted me to have a voice on the show. Not to just stand behind the glass and be a producer, but to be a conscious part of the show. Because his goal was to get me my own show. When it came time for him to take time off, he reached out to Fox Sports, who didn't know me really at all in terms of what I could do on air. And he said, I want Jason to host my show while I'm out. And it took a little bit of needling. And I found out after he had already kind of asked this that he had asked it. Finally, they put me in. And after my first time on air, the vice president of Fox Sports said, okay, Clay was right. And since then, I've hosted OutKick every single time he has been out over this last year or so. The idea that somebody like me from Martinsville, Virginia who came from very, very humble beginnings and still believes that that's kind of where I should be in many respects in my life, to be given the opportunity to host a nationally syndicated morning show of the stature of what this one became relatively quickly meant the world to me. And I took every opportunity and I tried to use it to the best of my advantage. And I still wanted to be a host, and I was getting the opportunity. And then I got a shot on the weekends to host a Fox Sports show on the weekends. Got to do that once. And everything just started to seem to make a little bit more sense in terms of, I am okay at this. I have been blessed with the ability to talk. I have been blessed with the ability to write. And I think I'm in the right town. I'm in the right city. Now I just need to keep my ears open. I need to keep my mind open for the voice of God to tell me where I should be in my life. And if that means out of the media, that means out of the media. Follow his call no matter where it led. And then came an opportunity that opened up here at a place that I always desperately wanted my own platform. And it fit. It wasn't in the mornings, not a morning person. It was in the evenings. It was following established brands with some of my best friends in the world that have hosted and produced those shows through the years. It was working for a guy in Brad Willis that I'm lucky enough to call not just an employer, but also a friend, someone that means a tremendous amount to me. It was to be in this building, to be a part of this team, and yes, to have my own show, to be able to write the Big Six blog, to be able to take these brands that I've respected and loved for such a long time, 3HL, the Midday 180, the Wake Up Zone, all of those brands, and try to help them if there's something that I could offer them that either they were lacking or missing or just wanted and didn't have the time to accomplish. And that leads me to right now, at this microphone, Blessed by God, humbled by the experience, and so very thankful to have the opportunity that so few do. And again, I will not waste your time, folks. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be opinionated. I'm going to demand your intelligence. And I'm going to take you places that you don't expect to go in sports talk radio. A lot of you have come to know me for my pop culture thoughts and opinions, you're going to get plenty of those, including a big recommendation from me at the tail end of today's show. But we're going to talk about sports, and we're going to talk about the SEC, and we're going to talk about the NFL, and we're going to talk about the important issues that are happening in the world of sports, both here in the Music City and beyond. We're going to have guests when it makes sense, not just because we need to have a guest every day because this is sports radio. We're going to do this differently and we're going to have some fun and we're going to take some chances and we're going to take some risks. My eternal gratitude first to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, to my parents, the two best people in the world, to the hosts here on 104.5 The Zone who I've come to know, love and respect over the years. I mean, I'm friends with their wives. You know, I'm friends with people in their lives because of how good a human beings they are. To Clay Travis, who without him I would have virtually nothing when it comes to someone that has been a supporter of mine behind the scenes for such a long period of time when someone like Clay Travis absolutely did not have to. And I thank anybody that has ever given me one second of their time, whether it's tonight for the first time, on the radio, on Sports Trends, Squared Circle Radio, back up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, wherever it might have been, or if you've given me your eyeballs for five seconds in one of my columns, your enthusiasm has kept me going when it's been really difficult. Because sometimes it is. And it's been a long wait. It's been a long trip getting here. But I'm here. This is the Big Six. On the other side, LeBron James. LeBron James. What it means, not just now, but for the future of the NBA. Stick around. This is a big six. Welcome back in the Big Six Debut Edition. My name is Jason Martin. I will take you through this journey every weeknight. I'm currently on Twitter at Outkick. LeBron James currently plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James, four years, $154 million. American dollars. That is a lot of money. LeBron to LA changes everything in the NBA, because anything LeBron James does changes the NBA infinitely and immediately. This is the big six. And I don't know if this is a gimmick that I want to play every day, but it's a gimmick that I'm going to play today. And we're going to have Jason McIntyre in the next segment from the big lead and speak for yourself out from Los Angeles and get his take on things as well. But guess what? I got six big points about LeBron James. See what I did there? Number one, what is the point? in watching the East anymore, other than to see if the, the uh, Toronto Raptors can beat the Kevin Love-led Cavaliers. Also, how happy is DeMar DeRozan today? For as good as he's been in three separate playoff series against LeBron James, he has not been. He had never in 14 career playoff games against LeBron James actually successfully hit a three-point shot. This man missed all nine attempts in Game 1 and Game 2 this year and then chose not to shoot another three for the remainder of that sweep. 50 playoff losses for the Toronto Raptors in that franchise's history, and LeBron has over a quarter of them. So getting him out of the East, probably a good thing, but if you're Dwayne Casey, you're probably thinking, why couldn't you have done this last year? The odds post-announcement on June the 9th, the Warriors were 5-4, to four, now they're 21-20. to 20. The Lakers go from 16 to 1 to 7 to 2. The Celtics from 6 to 1 to 4 to 1 and the Rockets from 4 to 1 to 13 to 2. Back to the point about the East. The Celtics are going to be a force. Those guys are coming into their own. They're very young. The Sixers are going to be fun. The Bucks are an improving team. Giannis is going to be on the front of the new 2K video game this fall. And there's some interest in this rookie class. But really all we did was eliminate half of the NBA's power and it's sort of non-existent for a lot of franchises, to draw interest this season. Because ain't nobody got a chance in the East. The West is going to be interesting for a multitude of reasons. That's number one. Number two, LeBron just ensured he's not going to make it to another straight NBA Finals, but this move was never about today and it was never about this season. It was about moving from basketball player or merely basketball player to entertainment mogul to team owner I mean, he's already done movies. He was good in Trainwreck. We saw Trainwreck. He and John Cena were both pretty good in that film. He's one of the most recognizable stars, not just athletes, but stars in the world because of the fact he plays a sport without a helmet. Because we see every emotion from LeBron James, not just on the court, but off it. But mainly because you can actually see it on the court. He's not under a helmet like NFL players. You know this guy. And, of course, he's also had a camera plastered in front of his face for the better part of the last two decades. This, to me, is the opposite of the Durant move to Golden State. He's joining a team full of young guys. Well, sort of. Now they're trying to sign a bunch of veterans for one-year deals, which I think is to set them up to do something strong next offseason. But at present, there's really no current stars in the crop. It's a better situation than the Cavs on paper, but it makes the path to the finals basically impossible, certainly much more taxing than it's been in the past. Lakers haven't been in the playoffs. Not the finals, but the playoffs in five years. So he's not going to join a 73-win team that just knocked him out when he had them down 3-1 to the way Kevin Durant did. He's walking away from bigger names to go play in the biggest market, the one that gets the most attention in the NBA, the most recognizable franchise in the league. And he's doing it with a pretty unknown cast, at least for right now. Is he going to be able to attract the guys that he needs next year? Or maybe even they're going to pull some magic now and maybe try to get something done? Sure. But look at this. Rajon Rondo won your $9 million. That happened about an hour ago. JaVale McGee. Lance Stevenson. Charles Barkley always said you need a crazy guy to win championships, whether it was Rodman or whether or not it was him in some cases, or maybe you can look at Draymond Green or someone like that. Rasheed Wallace when he was at the Pistons. But do you need three crazy guys plus LaVar Ball? That might be pushing it just a little bit, unless you're trying to get an HBO primetime series, which I suggest that's what they should do. Let's not even play basketball. This is days of our Lakers. This is no more basketball necessity. This is the greatest drama we've ever seen, and there are going to be cameras all over the place following everything that these guys do, and that's just Brian Windhorst and his camera phone. Number three, can he coexist with Lonzo Ball? Sure he can. If Lonzo's going to stay, Rondo coming in, any idea that they've already come out and said, look, best man's getting the job, even though they didn't say what the job was. We know that the job means the point guard job in Los Angeles. Rondo's pretty good. He's pretty good in the playoffs. He was bad in Dallas. He can be a bad teammate. He's malcontent, just like we've seen from Lance Stevenson, just like we've seen from JaVale McGee, certainly like we've seen from LeVar Ball. Lonzo has incredible vision, just like Rondo does. But what LeBron needs most and what he covets most right now is spacing through shooting. Guys that can spot up that he can hit with the perfect pass in the perfect spot at the perfect time, exactly where that guy needs it, and then buckets. He's going to get that from Kuzma, and he might get that from Ingram and some of those guys. But Lonzo? Lonzo seems to me to be a perfect Cleveland Cavalier. This is the guy you never know if he's going to go off for 20 or if he's going to be the equivalent of a Roomba in an SNL skit as a fourth-line banana to, to LeBron James. Rondo, by the way, also not really known for his jump shot either. Lonzo's never going to be a great shooter. He's going to be a streaky shooter even if he redesigns his shot. So I don't know what his time's going to be in Los Angeles. But the bigger question is how long LeVar Ball is going to be able to refrain from saying something completely and totally absurd about LeBron James. He's not going to like his son being not even close to the biggest name anymore. That's going to affect the already who cares nature of the big baller brand. Lonzo's never had a chance because of his dad. He may get a chance, but he hasn't had one so far. His pops already said he was better than Steph. So can LeVar keep the King's name out of his mouth? Or is he instead going to try and build a name rather than a basketball future for his son? Can he coexist with Lonzo? Sure. But is it going to work or is this going to be a mid trade? Mm, probably keep your eyes on that. That's number three. Number four, Kawhi Leonard. Is San Antonio going to move in there knowing how desperately they need him? I doubt it. Why in the world would you? Next year, Kawhi can sign with him anyway. Does LeBron plus Kawhi even equal a championship if Golden State can keep its core together? They've got trouble looming with Klay Thompson. They've got issues looming with Draymond Green. If you get rid of guys like Lonzo or Josh Hart or some of these younger guys, especially in Ingram, you're wagering when you don't have to. You sign Kawhi to the max deal next year if that's the guy you want. You don't hand away the farm right now when the chances you're getting past the second round are by no means assured. Next year's free agent class includes Kawhi. It also includes Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, and a number of other guys that would raise your eyebrows as well. So you wait. This, again, doesn't feel like win now. It feels like win next year. The only issue there is LeBron is not getting any younger. So are you just handing away one season? But would it have mattered even if you could get Kawhi right now? Because I still don't think they beat the Golden State Warriors with Leonard and James. It would be interesting, but I don't think they do it. Point five, it's now time to move to the 116 seating in the NBA playoffs. I had kind of rejected this for a while, but it's now past time. Look, there are still some good teams in the East. The Celtics, the Sixers, we talked about this. But that's not a good reason to stay the course in this case because you're still going to get those good teams in a 1-16 through seeds. But it means you don't have to endure the bottom half of that conference making the postseason with sub-500 records and no stars of note. And if the East becomes great, you're still going to get a lot of those great teams in as well. So there really is no argument anymore. And then number six... Some people may disagree with this, may have disagreed with all of this. I'm not sure I can ever give LeBron James credit for being a Laker. There are times I don't ever even view him as as having played for the Heat. This dude's a Cavalier. Luckily for him, Draymond was knocked out of that game, and he was able to bring that city a championship. I am old school. I remain relatively opposed to the super team era, even when it makes a lot of sense and brings ratings up for those franchises. But I saw earlier, if he wins a title in L.A., experts are already falling over themselves to say it means maybe, just maybe, he's actually better than Michael Jordan because he's won, cities, won titles in three different cities and two different conferences, and he's done it all from scratch. I guess I'm old school. I try to forget Jordan ever played in D.C. There, are your big six takeaways from this LeBron situation. And I've got more to say about it. But up next, we're going to bring in Jason McIntyre from Fox Sports 1 and the big lead to get his take on it from Los Angeles. That's next. Stick with us. Debut edition, Big 6, 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back in, thrilled to have you with us. Debut edition of the Big Six, off and running. I'm Jason Martin, your host, on Twitter, at least currently right now at JMartOutKick. Outkick. Definitely gonna be changing the music. I already talked to Brad about that. I'm gonna have to come in and pull 50-75 songs. We're gonna get those things in rotation and we're gonna have some uh, we're gonna have some fun on this show. So LeBron James, I laid out the big six ideas I have about LeBron James coming from all of this news. We bring in somebody from the West Coast that knows the situation well. He actually helped anchor the Fox Sports draft coverage a couple of weeks ago. You know him from the big leagues. You know him from FS1's Speak for Yourself. He is Jason McIntyre. Jason, you are the first guest on this show, and I'm thrilled that you're here with us.
1: Dude, what an honor. This is, I think this is the first time I've been first in anything since a fifth-grade race at Field Day. I'm honored. Thank you.
0: So, I want to talk about LeBron, but Rondo... <laughs> What's going on right now? You know what I'm most
1: excited about, right? So that first practice when they roll the ball out oh. and Rondo, Rondo matches up against Lonzo Ball. Do you know how much fun that's going to be? They're one of the most highly touted dudes ever, right to come to the Lakers, and Lonzo. I mean, Magic was talking about him from the jump. Going up against Rondo, just one of the most you know hounds on defense. I mean, talks trash. A very highly intelligent player. He's going to eat Lonzo's lunch from the jump. Remember what Patrick Beverly and De'Aaron Fox did mm-hmm. to Rondo? <laughs> Rondo Rondo's going to do that like two or three times. So I think that's going to be fascinating. And I do think there is something to you know, going up against these, these nut, bat, nut cases. I mean, the Lance Stevenson type players. That makes you stronger. When you've got to deal with these head cases and you're a young guy, that's going to only make you tougher. You know. So I, I actually like the Rondo move. I know people are going to call me a homer for that, but I've only been out here in L.A. for two years. So uh I'm not a homer although I do like to go to Lakers
0: games. Does this make Lonzo Ball better in the end being around a veteran like Rondo that is also similarly basketball intelligent despite what you want to say about him being a malcontent at different times in his career he's certainly a smart player LeBron has said so as well does that make LeBron or does that make Lonzo Ball rather better or does that make Lonzo Ball gone at some point yeah, from no, Los no, Angeles?
1: That's fascinating. I'm going to guess for now they keep Lonzo, but I, I like your point about does it make him better because when you think about it, this is a young Laker team. Lonzo's 20, Kuzma's like 22, Ingram is 20. These are young guys. You go up against veterans, grizzled, tough vets like Lance Stevenson, Rondo. These guys are on one-year deals. Going up against them daily in practice is only going to make you better. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, on, uh, I'm on an FS1 shoot daily going up against guys like Cal Heard, yeah. Whitlock, Chris Bouchard, uh, listen, these guys have have. I got to do more homework. I got to be better prepared. I got to be ready for action every day. And I think going against the best and again. I'm not saying Rondo's the best point guard in the league, but you know if you could look up his playoff stats against Damian Lillard last year, I mean Rondo averaged like eleven, thirteen, and seven, and he made it made enough threes. He had a good series. Playoff Rondo is a real thing.
0: Yeah, playoff P is not a real thing. Playoff Rondo <laughs> is indeed a real thing. So I saw five thirty eight earlier. Write a piece and ask the question if LeBron was the best Laker of all time already. My answer, maybe you need to talk me down from this, is no. How can I ever see this guy as a Laker? I'm not even sure that I can call him a member of the Heat. Every so time wait, I think of LeBron, I think time. of the Cavs.
1: Let's start here. Who do you have as the greatest Laker of all time?
0: Ah, man, that is so difficult. Because been. I, would, I think I would have to go with Magic. As no. dominant as Kareem was, I think I would go with Magic. So
1: you go Magic 1 and then uh, Jabbar?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Skyhook's the most indefensible shot in the history of the game, maybe okay. other than Steph Curry threes.
1: So three would have to be Shaq, because you can't put Kobe over Shaq, can you?
0: I don't think so, no, because okay. I think that if Shaq had stayed, they'd have won another three or four titles.
1: Okay. Right, so, uh, so we're in agreement. Basically, that's the order I have. Now, he hasn't played a game, so he's not the greatest, but I do believe the greatest to put on a Laker jersey would have to be LeBron, right?
0: Yes, if I do he's, agree with that, because I think it's MJ in and LeBron 1 yeah. and 1A. Yeah, and it,
1: it, you're kind of splitting hairs here. The best to put on a Lakers jersey, greatest Laker of all time, but he hasn't won anything. You know, I mean, listen, Nick Van Exel was one of my guys. I was a huge fan of Nick Van Exel. He didn't win anything. Eddie Jones, I loved him. He didn't win anything. Ellen Campbell, Dude's worthy. I mean, Ellen Campbell, yes, sir. Listen, James Worthy won a Finals MVP. I think he had a triple double in Game Seven. That makes you an all-time great. That's just how, how the scorecard works. So ultimately, listen, I know this you. I do believe LeBron will win a title in L.A., dethrone the Warriors, and I think it will then vault him over Michael Jordan. Now, I know that's a few steps ahead, but to to topple Jordan, he's got to topple the Warriors, and I think doing it in L.A., a story-turned-size, I think that that does the ticket.
0: Jason McIntyre with us here on The Big Six. He is from The Big Lead, as well as Speak for Yourself on Fox Sports 1.0. So yeah, I, I think he's probably going to win a championship as well. I feel like there's going to be trouble looming with Clay, maybe with Draymond Green in Golden State, maybe even Durant's going to make a move next year. Yeah. I guess I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly I have no idea what Kevin Durant is going to do. But LeBron James to L.A. when you look at it from a legacy standpoint, this would be the third team that he's gone to and kind of helped build from the from the ground up and won championships with. If he was able to win in L.A., what does that mean, in your opinion, yeah. for his legacy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you basically said it started from the bottom, right? I mean, when he's acquiring... Lance but not Toronto. <laughs> no, nobody, <laughs> nobody can win there. Right. Um, you know, when, when he's acquiring Lance, then Rajon Arondo, I mean, I don't know who's... JaVale McGee is the guy that he acquired, uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to say this. This is the one reason I think he's going to have a shot to in the Warriors. This is one you got to file away. No. Nope team in modern NBA history has been to the finals five years in a row. Not Jordan, not Magic, not Bird, not LeBron as a team, right? He switched from Cleveland to Miami right. and not Kobe and Shaq, right? Not the Warriors, but the Warriors are going for five next year because it, it's so mentally taxing. They've played a full another season in these last four playoff runs. I believe it's 83 playoff games. So from the wear and tear standpoint and the fatigue, they're going to be gassed. And then you toss in all these young guys on the Lakers, Kuzma, Ingram, Lanza. You know, you have got a youth group there that hasn't—they haven't played any meaningful postseason games. So you have the okay. Can they handle the postseason? But also, they're way more fresh and ready than the than the Warriors will be. So, I think this is the year they got to get him. I, I can't see Durant leaving uh, Golden State. I don't know why he would, and where would he go? That's
0: you know, a good that's question. Like, I wouldn't leave.
1: I I, I don't understand this whole idea that Durant has to go somewhere else and win a title. Just feels like some hockey, you know, NBA Twitter nonsense. Like it's just, it's just dumb. Like why? Like you know, you just go go to what's going to make you happy. Pick pick the best
0: spot for you. You know, Jason, why on earth is anybody going to watch the East? That's not a diehard NBA fan and somebody that just doesn't. I mean, look, the Celtics and the Sixers and the Bucks. I love the NBA, so I'm going to watch the NBA anyway. But now we need to start really considering this 1-16 to playoff yeah, scene,
1: right? No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I will say that the, the Celtics' Sixers' Eastern Conference Final is going to be really good. Agreed. Right? Embiid and Simmons looking for revenge after getting dusted last year. Remember, Celtics didn't even have their two best players, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, in that series. But I can see those two just running away with the East. Now, I'll say this. LeBron really had no peer in the East the last eight years, right? I mean, Paul George for a minute... Um,
0: and not in then, my opinion, he, but yeah,
1: not, yeah, a lot of people would disagree. Yeah. <laughs> uh but you know, when he was in Cleveland, the second tournament, like the Raptors got destroyed. You know, the Celtics uh, mostly got destroyed uh, when they had Isaiah Thomas. They put up a fight this year, but I think he's going The Celtics Sixers is gonna be a real series in the East now. After that, I mean, I, I I just don't even know where you look. Like, I don't trust John Wall. I don't know about Giannis. It just seems like a lot of good forty five ish win teams, but. Celtic Sixers has to be the one uh, Eastern Conference game on Christmas Day. I'm actually writing a post on that now for the big lead. Like, what are the the games you want to see on Christmas Day? Celtic Sixers has got to be one of the early games. I think you've got to have Lakers Warriors, Absolutely. right? The marquee game. But then after that, what are you Rockets and Timberwolves? Hmm. I mean, are a Thunder Thunder versus Rockets. I guess uh, Paul George and, and Russ versus. Um, you know, uh, James Harden and Chris Paul, assuming Chris Paul's not hurt again. But it, it, it's just, it's, you know, I do like super teams. I don't know where you stand on super teams, good or bad for the league. But, you know, when you start looking at the lineup, it's like, all right, we've got, uh gee, five good teams. But then again, last year, right? It was Cavs were okay, and then it was Rockets and Warriors and who else?
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I mean, that's a good question because there's not really another answer. Like, you start looking at, I wanted to watch Donovan Mitchell play. Yeah there So you I go. watched That's a little bit of I the forgot. jazz, like and I enjoyed what the Pelicans were able to do down the stretch and certainly how they looked in the postseason, but you never looked at them and said they're viable contenders. Yeah. they were I just mean, good basketball teams.
1: <laughs> Anthony Davis, as good as he is, yes, he, he's got to get on a better team. like Anthony Davis and Randall, like that doesn't get me excited. Now I will say, as you said, Donovan Mitchell, really good player. I mean, if he could do that as a rookie, well, I mean, what's he, what's he got in store next? Year? Is he going to be 25 a game already? like Donovan Mitchell really impressed me.
0: I hope so, because I had a lot of fun watching him. One last thing I wanted to ask you, and that is, I feel like this is probably LeBron's last stop because he's now looking past basketball as well, and he's looking at his kids, and he's looking at the situation in Los Angeles and how it fits where he wants to be post-basketball. But from a basketball standpoint, how much of Magic Johnson's personality and just the aura of Irv helped in this process in landing LeBron?
1: No, certainly. you know, uh, Right now in the NBA, it's a weird spot because... For the biggest stars, like a Durant, mm-hmm. like a LeBron, uh, you know, money seems to be secondary to trust and relationships. I mean, LeBron didn't trust Dan Gilbert to build a team. You know, they, they clearly did not have a good relationship. And you walk in and Magic's got that smile and he's just so welcoming and friendly. And he, I mean, you know, he could run for mayor out here in L.A. right now and win in a land fight. <laughs> it doesn't matter where he stood on positions. like He's Magic Johnson. People like him. And I think there's, there's you know, an inherent trust with LeBron and Magic um, to, to help LeBron maybe be the greatest of all time. Remember, Magic Johnson left the NBA the year after he lost in the finals to Jordan, and then it became Jordan's lead. I think Magic probably was still a little ticked about that, right? Because he was in his prime when he sure. you know, contracted HIV. So now, do you think he wants to help LeBron overtake Jordan? I would say definitely, right? I would say they're almost mm. teaming up in unison out here. And listen, Michael Jordan been running the Charlotte Hornets for how long have they (laughs) I mean in one moment Magic delivered something Jordan hasn't been able to do as a front office guy so I, I think LeBron and Magic as a team that's that's scary it's got a lot of potential
0: Jason, you've been our first guest on the Big Six. This will not be your last appearance on the Big Six. We appreciate you making time. Uh, it's a big time for the NBA right now. Thank goodness for this because nothing else is happening in sports. Thank the Lord for LeBron <laughs> hey, come James. Come on, World
1: Cup, man. Turn on the World
0: Cup. It's I know. Actually. I saw you tweeting about it. You were very, very excited about Belgium yeah, I mean, earlier.
1: But, but listen, congrats again on the show and uh, you know, good continued success.
0: Thank you. That is Jason McIntyre. He's at Jason R. McIntyre on Twitter. Good dude. Good follow on Twitter and does a great job with the big lead as well as on Fox Sports 1. Coming up, I'll give you a stat to take you home. I'll give you a great pop culture recommendation, something that you've probably been curious about. Is that any good? The answer, coming up. This is a big six on 104.5 The Zone. Thanks to Jason McIntyre. Follow him on Twitter again at Jason R. McIntyre. This is the debut edition of The Big Six. If you missed the announcement, I made it on the Midday 180 first and then on 3HL as well. And, of course, we made it on Twitter. You can follow me right now at jmartoutkick. I'm Jason Martin, gifted and blessed by God with the opportunity to sit behind this microphone every weeknight and speak to you on this new journey we're calling The Big Six. Also, those of you that enjoy my pop culture writing, first off, thank you. For that, if you do, uh, the Big Six blog is a thing that is happening. I wrote a piece kind of saying, hey, I'm here. I'm back at 104.5 The Zone and laying out pieces of the story that I opened this show with. You can find that at 104.5TheZone.com or if you follow me at jmr.cake, you can see where I have tweeted that out. Thanks to all those that have sent. There have been so many mentions and, and private messages and emails and texts and all sorts of well wishes that have come through today. And I said this on Twitter a few weeks ago when I announced my departure from Outkick to Coverage that I will get to you, and I want to say something to you all personally. It's just going to take a little bit of time. I took intentionally over a week off from social media, didn't log in one time, and then kind of got back into it this weekend as we were preparing to make this announcement and do this deal. And so now I'm starting to go back through this backlog, and I'm seeing such nice things from all of you. And now I just have to hope to... uh, Live up to all of that. We've got a phone call as well. We did not throw out the telephone number, and we will be talking to you via the phones as well. There's going to be so many ways to interact with this show, but we've got Adam in the borough that wants to join us. He's the first-ever caller on the Big Six. Adam, how are you? Hi, I'm good, Jason. I just want to congratulate you, man, and I know it's been a long time coming. Uh, I'm actually friends with Brandon. Uh, I've been listening to you on OutKick. i listened to your square circle
1: radio on Sundays. Big fan of yours. And uh, I just wanted to personally
0: congratulate you. I know it's been a long road, but uh, I know you deserve it, man. And uh, I, that, that's all I really got to say to you, man, is congratulations. I really think you're going to do a great job in the 6 o'clock spot. And I hope you nothing but the best. Appreciate it, man. I, pre- I appreciate that, Adam. It means a lot that you uh, took a couple of seconds to uh, say such kind things to me there. Jason McIntyre, what he said about Magic Johnson, kind of wanted to get one over on Michael Jordan just as an owner. At this point, I thought it was really, really interesting. A couple of other points that I want to make real quickly about this LeBron thing, or maybe what it means for other guys in the league. And if you want to take the big six that I laid out, the big six about LeBron James, call this the extra point to that touchdown. Kawhi Leonard. I've said this before, and I said it on Twitter, that, man, Kawhi Leonard, he he gets it. He's so easy to root for. He's so refreshing because he approaches his stardom differently. What exactly did I know about Kawhi Leonard? Other than the fact that he played for the Spurs. He seemed to be the heir apparent to the David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker. I mean, Tony had a few issues, certainly. Eva Longoria, for example. Manu Ginobili era. And he played under Steve Fisher at San Diego State. What, what did I know past that? I was thinking about it, and it seemed so odd to me how we view quiet or reserved athletes in our culture compared to how we look at other quiet people we encounter. This guy was lauded for the fact that we didn't even know what his voice sounds like. We could stop this show right now. We could have started this show and immediately started playing a game. We could have found one of the few existing cuts from Kawhi Leonard interviews in the past. And we could have asked people to call in and tell us just who the heck that is that's speaking. We could do it. We could have done it for hours And I don't think we would have given a single prize away because no one knew what this guy's voice sounded like. But did I, and maybe did you, equate being reserved with being classy or being special or being somehow above the usual ego fray of the NBA? I'm not saying he's not classy. I don't know him. But I think that's the point is I don't know him. But this deal in San Antonio goes all kinds of sideways. What I can tell you is he's not who I assumed he was. He wants to play in L.A. He wants to try and make it harder for the Spurs to move him anywhere else by the, har, harming the leverage that other teams have that don't think they could do more than rent him for a season. And now think about other disciplines and walks of life. The quiet guy or the quiet girl. How do you see those people? You see him as weird, right? You talk about them being antisocial or, man, I'm not sure what, that, what might set that guy off. Sometimes you even think that guy's a jerk. But athletes, we seem to want the opposite of Draymond Green or Dennis Rodman. You know who we kind of want? We kind of want Peyton Manning. Affable, good with the media, good at his job. Gives you an occasional soundbite of note, like talking about Mike Vanderjagt and his idiot kicker status. But maybe it's time to recognize that quiet means nothing. We have no idea who any of these people are. Or what makes them tick or what they want. He played in San Antonio, so we saw him like David Robinson or Tim Duncan. But maybe that's a product of where he played, where he seems desperate to get away from as soon as possible. And if you want to look at the example that's out there right now for other teams that have hope, maybe we could rent Kawhi and we could keep him the way Paul George has decided to stay with the Thunder. Paul George wanted to play with the Lakers. That came out long before Indiana moved him in that heist that landed them Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. It was sure he was going to leave for the purple and gold, and then he re-signed with Thunder. And to me, this is the most Paul George move of all because I consider him to be one of the single most overrated players of the century in the NBA. Not because he lacks skill, but because the next clutch thing he does in the association will be the first. So why is staying in OKC a PG-13 kind of move? Well, in my eyes, it's because no blame's going to fall on this guy when the Thunder don't win. We already know who he is. If he goes to L.A. and joins LeBron, he knows the expectations that fall on him immediately. Ain't nobody out there clamoring to be Chris Bosh or Kevin Love. What's the upside? It's the most thankless job in the world. When you play well, it's about time. And when you don't, that guy's not who we thought. So you stay on a team with the leftover carcass of a delusional Carmelo Anthony, a team whose odds right now are 60-1 to to win the NBA championship. So where's the pressure on Paul George? It's a good question because it's non-existent. PG can just go play basketball. He's never proven to be a champion. He should be a third guy on a star-driven team, but he's positioned as a number two. So you take the money, you stay in the small market, that can't win, that was knocked out by a rookie, a really good one, and Ricky Rubio and Rudy Gobert in the first round a couple of months ago, and you're still Paul George, the really good basketball player. Some guys want to be champions. Others strive to be in the hall of above average. And that, I think, is where we are with Paul George. That guy needed and needs an R-rated mentality to win a title. He needs to be a killer. But he's good with just a few curse words and a PG-13 rating. So that's why it's a fitting nickname for him. So there's my thoughts on Paul George. My thoughts on pop culture, which will be a large part of this show as well, as many of you have gotten used to my opinions over the years. If there's something that you need to go see, it's Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary that came out a couple of weeks ago. My only real takeaway watching this is that Fred Rogers was such a nice man that it's sad that I look at it and say, I'm not sure that a Fred Rogers type could exist in 2018 without a lot of innuendo and things being said behind his back and questions about his motivations. What you find is he was an ordained minister that loved Jesus, that believed and loved one another, and did all he could for children through his entire life. I think that's well worth your time to go and see. If you want my first ever recommendation on the Big Six from a pop culture standpoint, it's Won't You Be My Neighbor. And now a couple of quick stats for you on the way out the door. This is going to be a segment we're going to call Things That Make You Go, Hmm. And yes, we're going to use the CNC Music Factory song. We don't have it today. Michael Jordan earned $90 million in his NBA career. Some have that number around $93 million. LeBron James today, four-year contract with the Lakers for $154 million. And one other, LeBron averaged 27-7-7 and 7 in his career. No Laker in history has ever done that, even for a season. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night.